as entrepreneurs, we want to make a difference. We want to make a big difference. And, and today I've got a really remarkable entrepreneur that's going to be joining with us. And, you know, he is going to share some life lessons. They're going to accelerate your success even more. I'm John Bowen, founder of AES Nation. And let me tell you about my guest. This, he was one of the top consultants at some of the largest firms public firms in the country, not only to the companies, but to their leaders, and really the leader, some of the richest individuals in the world. And, and this wasn't kind of spot consulting. This was decade-long engagements and really accelerated their success. And some lessons he's going to share there, but it didn't stop there. Remember 2008, 2009? <laughs> How could you not? I mean, you know, for me in the financial services and for Alex uh, in the real estate industry at that time, he saw a real opportunity to help others. And he and his wife uh, created a product, uh, really some advice and to accelerate real estate, you know, to go through that 2008, 2009, 45,000 real estate entrepreneurs went through that. And you know, his whole life has been around understanding entrepreneurs, their personality, and how to accelerate success. You are gonna be so glad that you met Alex Joffrin, and I'll tell you, stay tuned. This is gonna be invaluable. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. I am so happy to have you here. You and I met at the last Joe Polish Genius Network Mastermind group, and uh, I don't know of anyone that's more high energy and delivering more value in that group. I think there were over 60 entrepreneurs and you were the guy leading the charge. So it was great <laughs> to have you. And I, I want to share you with our audience. Thank you, John. And, and uh, I'm glad you brought up Joe. I mean, that's, that is my favorite place in the world, you know, going in and hanging out in that room. It really is. I mean, I've, I've learned so much over the last five years being in that mastermind group and, you know, so many good connections and, you know, I don't want to do an ad for Joe, but you know, if you're, you know, that would be something for if you if want you to. It's in the motivation. Check yeah, it check out. it out. Definitely. Yeah. But let's come back because, you know, you, you've had an, an amazing career. I mean, a consultant and doing a whole bunch of things on real estate and, and then now this whole new journey on helping so many entrepreneurs. Um, give me a little bit of the backstory because it's not, you know, one of the things, we, uh, overnight success, uh, you know, there's some bumps in the road that we all experience. Tell me a little bit about yours. Yeah, no, John, I wasn't an overnight success. I was a consistent failure who got lucky every once in a while, you know? Um, when I was a kid, uh, very young, from, from, from an early age, I knew I was different. And I felt isolated and I felt different than the rest of the world. And so the backstory is when I, when I was young, the, the place that felt safe to me, the place where I really connected was going to work with my father. And like so many entrepreneurs, the first time that I was in a business with the context and rules of the business, the reduced options that the real world had and the connection to exchange, you know, knowing that if you worked, you could earn value because I didn't know how to create value. I, um, I loved that place. And when I was eight years old, that business failed. 
And I was there the day that my dad liquidated everything with his partner and there was a drill press and a drinking fountain. We got the drill press and, uh, and that lived in our garage for a decade. So from when I was a tiny kid, I thought about the question, how do you make business grow? And, um, and it's been consistent. That, so that's a quick pivot, John. You know, you ask it consistently enough and you can make business grow. And, but what happens is you realize, you know, how do you stop business from failing was my second question. And then that's a quick pivot to how do you help people grow? And so I've had this obsessive quest for first, how do you create business and make it grow? When I was in my mid twenties, I could grow any business, just they went out of business from growth. And then it became, how do you keep them around? And John, the, the most important thing in any business is the people. Uh, it really is. And you know, I had a similar childhood, I had a very successful father who uh, cast iron business. And then all of a sudden it went under, uh, he yeah. and my uncle, and it's just, you know, there's so many lessons learned and there were so many mistakes made by my dad. And it's one of the reasons why I became you know, so involved in the financial services industry, because, you know, you, there's a lot of safety nets you can do if you have the right advisors in a successful business. And, you know, that's really what we're here for, Alex, is that, you know, there's an opportunity that we all have, you know, as we're building businesses to really make a difference. And let me go, you know, we were talking uh, earlier and you know, some of the key lessons learned, you know, these hard lessons learned. So, yeah, yeah. you know, let's start with number one, uh, momentum, you know, base being that as entrepreneurs, you know, we are momentum. And what do you yeah. mean by that? So, John, I, you know, I here my career was super unique as a consultant. I think it was even unique among consultants because what I ended up very quickly doing, I, I was very young and I gained the partnership of a reputable firm. So almost immediately I was in the boardrooms with the C-level executives, with the owners, with the entrepreneur who started the, the billion dollar business. And here's what I quickly saw was that at the high level, at the highest levels of success, we're all the same. In fact, the personality types were so similar, it was predictable how we'd behave. And so over time, I started identifying the qualities and the single largest quality, the single most um, visible quality of the entrepreneurial personality type, which is unlike the rest of the world. You know, I like I look at the rest of the world and there's the historians, the memorizers, the rule followers. We're not those guys. And and, you know, the difference is when the world says, hey, John, what, you know, are you happy or sad? We make up a translation for what we think is happy or sad, but it's bullshit. We don't understand emotions. You know, you, me, every entrepreneur has been told you don't feel enough. You don't feel the right way. You don't feel often enough. Like, how are you feeling? And the fact is, I know the difference between happy and sad, but the difference between happy, sad, frustrated, irate, pissed off, ticked off, confused, irritated, and all the rest of the shit, I don't know. Here's what I know. People like you and I, we exist in three states. When we're in momentum, we're going forward. That's flow. That's when we're connected. And you know what's weird about being in momentum? It makes us smarter. We get a cognitive boost. We get a physical boost. We get an immune system boost. We are better human beings when we are in momentum. Would you agree? Like well, I, I know for all of us. It's amazing because you know, as I'm thinking of momentum, Alex, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, what what happens? You know, we're we're the high performance when we're in the flow, and and then you know life comes along and whacks us. Well, you're, and, right, you're right. You're and then right. we bounce up. You know, good entrepreneurs, it's like you know, okay, we're days for a second, but we keep that. We want to get back to that flow state if we're going to be effective. Well, let's talk about that though, John. So here's what happens, right? I think we we exist in two other states too. So momentum is flow. 
And but the rest of the world doesn't know this because they say stuff to us it, like it's crazy shit. They say, John, sit down, calm down, take a break, take some time off, take a breather. All of that only raises pressure and noise for us, right? The second state we exist in is what you just said. Life comes along, it knocks us backwards. But here's what's so crazy about our personality type. When we're pushed backwards, when we experience resistance, when we have that cognitive dissonance that lets us know we need to do something different, is when we show up. Like that's when we become amazing. That's when we change things. That's when we do things as long as we have the support of people like us. But the third state that we exist in is constraint when we are held in place and here's what i want everyone to hear if if you are an entrepreneurial personality type a momentum-based being if what i've said has made sense understand that when you are held in place it affects you cognitively chemically and physically we actually show the signs of disorders we show the symptoms of issues when we are held in constraint and we all know that because when we're held in place when pressure and noise goes up when we can't see a way out we go crazy. EPTs, people like us, will destroy their lives, change their businesses, do all kinds of things. And John, up to and including suicidal ideation and action. And the fact is, if we can get back to contribution, connect with an EPT, and move forward with momentum, everything changes. It's, it, you know, the rest of the world doesn't understand this or they wouldn't tell us to sit still. And it's, and it's so powerful too, Alex, because you know, this is one of the reasons I think you know, entrepreneurs hang out when they're not working because they're driven they want to get the momentum in the flow, but where yeah. there's so much value. I mean, we were talking about Joe's mastermind group. I'm in three mastermind groups and, you know, hanging out with other fellow entrepreneurs helps us stay in that flow and, and really having the right team as you do. I mean, it's amazing, but let me go to the second one. Cause this kind of really piggybacks yeah. on the lessons learned is, you know, you know, why are entrepreneurs uh, so misunderstood? And, you know, it's just, you know, we <laughs> yeah. think of our friends who are not entrepreneurs, our family members who are not entrepreneurs, and particularly for many, you know, the uh, viewers and listeners, you know, you out there, you know, you, you've got successful businesses. I mean, we're, you know, we're really, this podcast is for people with 5 million or more of financial assets. And, you know, you're, you're making good money. You've got probably pretty good uh, financial resources, if not great financial resources. And your friends look at it like, are you crazy? Why are you still doing this? Alex, you know, wh why are these entrepreneurs? Why are we so misunderstood? You know, John, I think when you when you look at the qualities of an entrepreneur, let's just let's list the qualities, right? What does it take to be a successful entrepreneur? Not the not the BS that the public talks about, but what you and I know. Here's what you have to have. You have to be restless, insanely motivated, driven, myopically focused, um, able to pursue a single focused result for a long time. Uh, you know, you need to be able to cut things off and change things around you and, and be stubborn, really hold your ground because here's what we do. Entrepreneurs stand up and say, let's change things. We say the status quo is not working. We say there's a better solution. We say, let's move forward. And the problem is, is that the most of society clings desperately to what they know, to the status quo, and they fight us. And as a, as a result, every entrepreneur is crazy until they sell something. As a result, there's more entrepreneurs in jail, rehab, homeless, and in an early grave than running businesses like you and I. Because when you're the kid who questions authority, has a different solution, says something different, is restless, motivated, can't sit still, these days, we medicate you. 
And the fact is, 10,000 tries to make a fucking light bulb wasn't OCD. That was entrepreneurial brilliance. And to call it OCD is insane. And Thomas Edison was sent home from school because they thought he was addled, which is the same as saying retarded, because he thought differently. And the fact is, it's been way too long that the system's broken. And I want entrepreneurs to know there's nothing wrong with them. You're not broken. It's pretty amazing. I, you know, I look at, I mean, at least when I was in school, you know, all they did, they didn't give you drugs. They sent you to the vice principal's office. So I, I got to know him really well. But, you know, as entrepreneurs, I mean, when you start, you know, I hadn't thought about it, Alex, but I mean, you know, the best entrepreneurs, they, they struggle. They're restless. They're driven. They're focused. They're stubborn. You know, these are not attributes that most of society really loves. Uh, matter of fact, you're kind of off to the side. And, and if you're going to build a great business and make a difference in the world, I mean, we think of all the, you know, the most highly successful entrepreneurs that we know or written up in books that we've read. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're outsiders so often. And I mean, I'm going to go to the third point because this is so important. I mean, you're, you're not alone. I mean, you know, some days as entrepreneurs, you know, we've got all these responsibilities to our clients, our customers, yeah. our teammates, you know, the banks, our strategic partners, you know, this and that. And it's, and, and oftentimes even in our family situations, you know, we, in our friends, we really can't talk about these things. I mean, you, you, you feel, you know, Alex, I don't know about you, but you know, it's, it's easy to feel alone as an entrepreneur. You know, you know, John, I totally agree. I mean, I think totally agree that the challenge is, is that we are accustomed to being alone. When you're in school and, and you're in a system that is that holds you in place and 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 basically the skill set to, to survive school is comply, sit still and memorize, which all of us are terrible at. And so when I say that we're not alone, here's what I want you all to hear, especially if any of this is related to you. So many of us have felt like we were isolated, different, alien, a party of one. And, and I want you to understand that the most successful entrepreneurs in history felt the same way. Because in our lifetimes, we fail to see the simple connection that when you look back at the timeline of history and you raise up any name that is worth being remembered, any name you've ever studied, any name you ever respected in history, whether it was an explorer or a philosopher or a writer or a screenwriter or an actor, whoever it was that changed your life, that was someone just like us. And not only are you not alone, but when we take in that context, what the entrepreneurial personality type truly is, you're not only not alone, you're part of the most important club in history. And if entrepreneurs can lower pressure and noise in their life and learn how to ask for protection and support, their strengths and abilities show and they move on to make their greatest contribution. And John, I wanna be very clear with everyone. I'm a capitalist, but I know that capital flows to contribution. And so the shortcut is go to where we all already know we want to go. Because if in the back of your mind, there's a voice saying there's something more important, there's something bigger, there's more to give, you can do more then you're one of us and you're not alone. I mean, and I am a big free market kind of guy and capitalism works and you know, this is what the podcast is all about, Alex, is it's, you know, how can we make a difference? How, you know, we get rewarded by doing well by others, you know, creating value. And, and you know, many of the things that we're talking about, I mean, these are, you know, 
society looks at kind of, you know, we're different. Well, that difference is not a disadvantage. It's, it's a huge advantage, but we've got to be careful. And this is one of the lessons that you share, you know, your number four, why most entrepreneurs are addicted to change, you know, the shiny yeah. new thing, yeah. and, you know, really set up for failure, except yeah. failure. I mean, yeah. you know, this is so, you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs, we're having all this, you know, we, we recognize that we're a little different, we're gonna harness this energy and really focus it, but boy, we can set ourselves up for uh, pretty big failures. Yeah, I, you know, I, John, I think that when we share with entrepreneurs that we become addicted to change and programmed to accept failure, it's, it's in this regard. You know, I, I have worked with so many entrepreneurs that really past the point of their career where fail forward, fail fast should be the daily objective. And the challenge is, is that one of the entrepreneurial characteristics or attributes, I think they're back here behind, oh no, wrong, wrong list, but one of the attributes is highly adaptable. And we are adaptable. You know, entrepreneurs make it through school one of two ways. You either game the system or survive the system. Usually it's a little of both, but it's high adaptability. And we adapt and adapt and change and adapt and change and adapt and change. And you get into a market and you'll do that for a while and then you get purchased. You, somebody buys something, you move forward, things go well. But the problem is we associate doing everything to doing well. And as a result, we do everything poorly. We get addicted to change and program to accept failure. And we tell each other things like, oh, fail forward, fail fast. But guys, at a point in your career, that's bullshit. You gotta stop failing, put some pegs in the ground, get the foundation of your business down and become a real entrepreneur building a team, moving things forward and evolving. And so the addicted to change is where we need to shift mindset because here's the biggest challenge for entrepreneurs. The day we declare I'm an entrepreneur, we become insecure because we become a product and we're a commodity now. And so we stop asking for help. And that's the, the entrepreneur's dichotomy is that I need more help than the average person to accomplish what, what I wanna do because it's much bigger than the goals of the average person, but I'm scared to ask for it, just like all of you. And so, you know, the way we get out of this addiction to change is we slow down, we become transparent with those around us, build a team, set our sights on a large objective, making a big contribution and move forward. And it gets us out of that shiniest penny mindset. You know, Alex, I mean, this is to me one of the most important things because I, I've started a number of businesses and, you know, had some pretty big successes as well as some pretty big failures. And, yeah. and uh, you know, in Silicon Valley, you know, fail fast is a motto and where I live. And one of the things is, you know, we, we build the business. You know, you've got to fail fast as you're starting up. But, yeah, you know, there's yeah. so many successful entrepreneurs here and, you know, the tendency to try new things and this. And, and what has helped me and has been a big thing for me is this concept of hell yes or no. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about, you know, Jim Collins calls it the BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal, you, the vision, yeah, you're think, driving yeah, it. Yeah. And to the extent that you have you know, that clarity of vision and all these shiny things, they're gonna come and they're gonna come faster and faster as you have more success, there's more opportunity. Unless it's aligned with your mission, your team and what you wanna accomplish, you know, and, and if it is, it's a hell yes, let's bring it in. And if it's not, it's a no. And that, you know, that has been so helpful for me because, you know, it, I used to be one of those shiny new thing kind of guys. I, I still have to fight it. I got a great team that, 
Uh, they're, they're more than happy to point out when I get going that way. But, you know, let's go to number five, which is there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, you know, we've talked about all this stuff about us as entrepreneurs. And you know what? Some days it feels like we're wired wrong. I mean, you know, what's, what's that? This one's important to me, John, because I think that the market preys on entrepreneurs. Um, when you're the person who wants to change things, when you're restless, when the status quo is what challenges you, and it doesn't necessarily have to just be somebody coming at you. You know, you're one of those people that walks into a retail store and starts rearranging it in your head. You're not asking that to happen, it just does. And that restlessness, that drive, that innate motivation, that burning desire you feel to do something, and, and maybe you know where you're placing it, maybe you don't, is, is what it should be. And in the world today, there is a consistent message that is breaking entrepreneurs. And it's, it's making us crazy, and it's making it so that we can't find our greatest contribution. And the message, when you distill the pressure and noise, is buy this thing, get this crazy result with no behavioral change, or very little. And the fact is, is that we all know that the vast majority of society can't find their apps in six minutes, much less build them. And behavioral change is how we create success. And so when you go out and read about how you should be better in 90 days or how you should have done it in 30 or how it should have just been a seven day project, understand that all of those messages are breaking us. Entrepreneurs have been told for far too long, you need to change yourselves, fix yourselves, learn more, do more, be more. Here's my message. I don't care how you showed up in the world and how you look, what they've told you. For every diagnosis, disorder, time you've been told you were wrong, verbal test you failed, the, caught in the fallopian tube, not enough oxygen, cerebral palsy, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I've had so many diagnoses, I could list them for you. The fact is when you lower pressure and noise, you ask for and you offer protection and support, Strengths and abilities just show up. I can tell you because I get new ones every day. And you move on and make your contribution. And the fact is that if you focus on every deficit you have, that's all you'll see. We live in a society today, in an environment today, where the most broken person can make a contribution. And it doesn't matter what anyone's told you. There's nothing wrong with you. I mean, we see that over and over again. And you, know, you and I have some mutual friends who... You know, they, we would never expect them to be extremely successful entrepreneurs. They have everything going against them, and they are. And they're very focused, or, you know, they're using their strength. I mean, one of the things that I remember in school, you're, you're taught to focus on your weaknesses yeah. to, to become, you know, I mean, I'm going to finish my career with real strong weaknesses. That's what I really yeah. want to do. I mean, it's, I always go back to Curly. Uh, it's city slickers. You, know, you just got to find one thing you're good at. And as entrepreneurs, there's never been a more true statement out there that there's nothing wrong with it. You find that one thing that you can really add, you can create value. It's amazing, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the fact is, is that I wanted this, this equation, you know, that what I've been sharing, and we call it the contribution equation, lower pressure and noise, increased protection and support, Strengths and abilities show and you make your contribution. It's four parts. And when we share it with entrepreneurs, we're serious that that's exactly how we grow. And the fact is that when you follow that path, 
you will find that you either join a team or create a team. You find an outcome that is compelling and you can move forward because life is not about how loud can you make it and how many different things can you do and how much crap can you add. If you want to move your life forward as an entrepreneur, it's about awareness, breathing, thinking, and understanding what's happening. And that requires lowering pressure and noise. Asking people for help with what you need to do because every entrepreneur, when I say ask for protection and support, you have strengths that need to be protected. You have outcomes. There's ways that you work in the world that we should protect. For everything else, there should be support. You know, and, and we, we, we think an entrepreneur should build a company around who they are so that it gives to them rather than take from them and everyone moves forward. Yeah, and I, I totally agree, Alex. I think this is, you know, I always talk about it. We're not in business for more business. We're in business for more life. We want to support the yeah. quality of life for ourselves and our own enlightened self-interest. I always mm. think of the airline, you know, where they talk about the oxygen mask. You got to put it on yourself first before your child. Well, you know, as an entrepreneur, we have to put that oxygen mask on first so that we can take care of all the stakeholders. We're talking mm. about our clients, our customers, our shareholders. If we have shareholders, our teammates, our partners, everyone. And this is just so important. And, and it's so easy to get distracted on all this stuff and get caught up on the negative parts of what's going on in entrepreneurship. And boy, we are so privileged to be alive today. You know, individuals like yourself, Alex, who are, have really thought this through and, you know, can recognize, and now we can propel ourselves. We can create the environments uh, that are, I mean, I, I, I look at, you know, some of the cubicle setups that I've had in some of my past <laughs> businesses, yeah. how disruptive, you know, you know, creating that environment, creating the team uh, the around pressure, you. The pressure and noise environment, right? Those old cubicles and the way we used to do things. Now you can build a team and never work a day in your life. Yeah, no, well, and, and it's because you're, you're playing and, you know, and this is set up your business to build the quality of life that you want and, you know, inspire those around you, enroll your team members or, you know, get the right people on the bus and you can make a huge difference. You know, Alex, let me switch gear because we're, we're making really good progress. I want to go to a, uh, the next segment, which is the, the book of the day. And, sure. you know, you, you're, you're a well-read guy. You're out there. Um, what would be the book that you would recommend to your fellow entrepreneurs? So I've, I've read thousands of books. And, um, and, and there is one that I go back to over and over again, so much so that uh, my wife actually bought me a first edition. So now I read it in the original print, which feels really cool. It's Think and Grow Rich. And um, Yeah, let me put that up on the screen. This is also, I'm going to you know, just talk about it. It is one of my favorite books. I do not have a first edition, Alex. You're <laughs> making me a little jealous here. But uh, it is, uh, it's one of those that's so inspiring. And you know, why is it important to you? There's two reasons, John. Um, so one is when I was really young, I thought I was totally like not, not going to be able to be successful. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have had such a hard time finding purchase and figuring out what I could do and what I should do. Um, from a very young age, I started reading a ton. And like so many entrepreneurs, books meant something to me. I look behind you and how the books are double stacked. Every bookshelf in my house is overflowing because, and by the way, I could get a Kindle. I, I don't give a shit about a Kindle. Like I have to hold the book. 
And uh, I do, I do have 500 books on my Kindle too, and I got books I, I everywhere else. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, I, we were going to build a, too many bookcases <laughs> in my uh, home. Uh, we got multiple buildings even, and it's just Alex. But I, I do like the feel of a book. I got to go back to it. And and so like here, here's here's what that did for me when I first read it. Um, I ended up carrying it around for years because. Uh, as I was reading other books, I'd go that back to that one because it was a rule book on how to be successful, just like how to win friends and influence people. And when I had a mistake, I'd go back to it and say, like, what did I do wrong? And, um, you know, you didn't tell the part of the story that in 2007, Katie and I had a huge real estate portfolio. And like so many other entrepreneurs, we went bankrupt. Um, we lost everything in like 18 months. But really, it was fast. We lost millions and millions of dollars in about a nine month period. Like I told you in the, before we talked about, 225% of my net worth went away. And, and after, uh, after 100%, it doesn't really make host. that much difference. <laughs> yeah, you're here. just screwed. It doesn't <laughs> and, yeah. and, and in one of the darkest days, I remember getting up and walking across my office, and there was a copy of Think and Grow Rich that I had taught out of, and it was all marked up and had like post-it notes. And I opened it to the line that says, every failure carries with it the seed of an equivalent if, or a greater advantage. And it was right, like it was the line I saw and um, I went back to my desk, called a friend, like started planning, and that got me out of it. Like I talked to Alan, and he kind of like pushed me to go. And but I remember that moment, John. I still remember that moment, and I know, like I've made it bigger in my mind or whatever anybody wants to say. But it was like the words jumped off the page and punched me in the head. I, I just lost everything, so now I need to go prove that it's going to be bigger than anything I've ever done. Well, it's it's really nobody gets out of life unscarred, and as an <laughs> entrepreneur, you're out. They're in the arena. You're going to get scarred. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why I love working together with fellow entrepreneurs. It's also why I love great books with great lessons. You know, it's just so powerful. We go back to this because when we get scarred, it's, you know, it's our character is not by, you know, that straight linear line. It's when we get knocked down, how we get up. And boy, uh, as entrepreneurs, that that is a big deal, Alex. John, we, um, I, I took that to heart and I, I remember I went and sat down with Katie and I said, look, like this, millions of people bought this book and, and I think Napoleon Hill was right and it's worked our whole lives. Let's just assume this is true. 12 months later, or sorry, 12 months after our bankruptcy was discharged, we had $1 million liquid in the bank. Yeah. No, that's, and that's, uh, you know, and I, I started to tell you off camera too of my, uh, real estate adventures early on. And I got to tell you, uh, uh, building with a couple of partners is back in the previous real estate collapse. Uh, <laughs> a little older than you. Yeah. 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 We're uh, uh, five of us put up a hundred bucks each and uh, borrowed six million to build our first office building. And uh, I personally guaranteed it because I had the largest net worth at the time, which wasn't, I mean, it was a couple million dollars, but it was just, I won't go through the details, but let, I didn't end up going to bankruptcy only because the bank failed before I did. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we were able to buy the you know loan package was purchased and we were able to buy it for a song. And I ended up flipping the building and making a low six figure. But it was the two worst years of my life. So uh, uh, I can still remember being in the hallway. I mean, you know, we, we, we say this kind of kiddingly, but. You know, some of you may be at this point. I, I remember going back to my wife. I had just met with a bankruptcy attorney and and uh, meeting. We just built this beautiful home, uh, which we're still in. And I, I told my wife, who was successful in high tech, uh, and, but not 
overly interested in finance. And, and I go, Jean, I think we may have to file bankruptcy. And she goes, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, we lose pretty much everything. And she goes, well, the house too. And I said, yes, you know, and you know, imagine how I'm feeling. You know, I mean, this is devastating. My wife hugs me and says, we'll do it better next time. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is when, you know, we've been, we just celebrated our 35th anniversary. So you, you know, you married well where they could hang out with you through these time times to celebrate the good ones. And this is, this is so important. Nobody gets out of life unscarred and we, we've got to get back up. We've got to make it happen. And, you know, and you can do it at, you know, just as you're starting is better. But, you know, many of us do it along the way with some big dollars and we've got to be careful. Okay, yeah. let's go to the next uh, section, which is the application of the day. And you've got, Alex, a, a strong feeling on an app that you like. What is it? Yeah, I have a super strong feeling. Um, I think that the best app that you can use today is a pen and paper. Uh, you know, there's something sacred about writing stuff down, and there's something sacred about reading books. You know, I, I and I watched this in my career, and I, I, I think there's there's a math to it because we've created all of these ways of absorbing way too much information too fast and reading and writing are exactly the speed with which we think and exactly the speed with which we absorb. And so when we pick up a podcast and listen at somebody else's speed, or when we watch too much information or read too many letters or go and go and see condensed information in a different way, it affects us differently. And I think that as entrepreneurs, the discipline of connecting mind and body with a pen and writing at the pace with which we think and working things out on paper changes the intention for our lives. And we teach a, a discipline called planning and solitude because we are so reactive today, John. When somebody says, what are your favorite apps? I tell people I erase any I can because we're so reactive. We, we, the woolly mammoth is no longer chasing us. But we all walk around in fight or flight, low respiratory system responses, pain in the low back, pain in the feet. You know, we, we are, are not healthy. We're extraordinary cortisol high. We have too much adrenals going on. And it's because we're constantly reacting. When you stop in the morning, make a to-do list and write it out. But then you write your intention for the day. This morning I wrote, I was going to be on this podcast. I went and read about John. I remember what I was doing. I, I looked at my notes. That meant that this was going to be better for me. I don't ever just charge into a day. So writing things down changes your life. It's the speed with which you think, and it connects you to where you're going in just a different way. So if, if you're downloading the app so that you can remain mindful, you've already lost. Getting out of reactivity and becoming proactive with a pen in the morning changes everything. It is such a powerful resource. And let, let me go to the uh, next segment, which is resources. And Alex... Uh, I, you have some resources. Um, matter of fact, let me pull up the Facebook uh, group that you've created to help fellow entrepreneurs. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Sure. So we wanted a low, low resistance way where people like us could find out who they are and, and talk to each other and have a place to get contribution and support and, you know, a place where you can come and say like, oh yeah, I was called ADD and, and have everybody say, yeah, me too. So we all understand that, that, that there's nothing wrong with us and we're not alone. And uh, John, it's, it's been amazing what's happening there because the amount of community support, it's called Entrepreneurial Personality Type, and you just search for it on Facebook, we'll add you personally. And the amount of support that's there and the amount of, of mutual encouragement and people sharing ideas has been amazing. Um, we're about to launch a project called the 500 Evolution where um, 
you know, most authors want to sell tens of thousands of books and they see that as starting a movement. And uh, at Joe's event, we are putting out a limited run, single print edition, 500 units, never to be reprinted book called The Entrepreneurial Personality Type. And the point of our 500 Evolution Project is to show that you don't need 50,000 books to change the world. 500 ha- books in the hands of EPTs will change everything. And we're asking people to report when they read and who they pass the books to in that group. So beginning next month, we will be watching 500 books traverse around the world, beginning with the person that I handed them to. And we'll see, can 500 books really change the world? And you can watch it all there. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, Alex. That, it is amazing. You know, we, we all want to have mailing lists of a million. <laughs> but if no one opens it up, it doesn't make any difference. We really want the power of the right people, that communication, and that's going to be extremely powerful. So let me go to the next segment, which is uh, key takeaways. And what I, I took a whole bunch of notes here. Uh, it is, I mean, this has been really good. I mean, I just want to go over the life lessons. You know, number one, momentum, momentum, momentum. We are momentum beings. And, you know, that flow and recognizing, yeah, we're going to get knocked down, but get back into that flow with the, you know, the right environment team. Also understand that you are going to be misunderstood. There's nothing that you're going to be able to tell the rest of the world, non-entrepreneurs, that's going to convince them that you are right. You're restless, driven, focused, stubborn, you know, all those things. And that's okay. That's what makes you who you are. And it's, it's you know, your fellow entrepreneurs and you who are creating so much value in the world. You are not alone. And, you know, I mean, Alex and I and others invite you. I mean, the reason I'm doing the podcast is I want to share all these great people the remarkable individuals like Alex that, you know, are just making a difference. And you know, make sure that you surround yourself with fellow entrepreneurs. You know, most entrepreneurs have addicted personalities. And, uh, hmm. uh, you know, and, and we, we really accept failure way too quickly. And make sure to protect yourself against that. Create some framing so that you don't fall into that trap. And there, you know, and as Alex said, there is nothing wrong with it. You are a remarkable individual making a huge difference. Everything we talked about, all the links, the show notes, the transcript is all again at aesnation.com. Alex, this has been phenomenal. I encourage everyone to really take some time and think about this because this is not, this is a little bit more you got to think about, but those five key takeaways, those lessons learned, those hard lessons learned along the way are going to make a huge difference for your clients, your future clients, really all your stakeholders. Take action, make a difference. They're all counting on you. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthrough aesnation.com